family, my wife, I'll introduce her, Jen, and my oldest daughter, Lucy, Alina, and Ellie. And a lot of people, actually, I haven't, most times we come to a church, we get asked a couple of questions. The, the most common question is, of course, what mission field are you going to? We tell them the Philippines. They get, uh, they see our missionary mobile out in front with the Thule on and the thing. Yeah, we're missionaries, and uh, we're proud of that. We love that, that, that van. Um, uh, the second most common question I get, though, is, how old are you? And uh, they, look at, they look at our prayer card, and then they look at me, and then they look at my wife, and they think, wow, this dedicated father going to the Philippines alone with his four daughters. No, it's not like that. My, my wife is nine months younger than me, and we met in college in 2005. And uh, no, I did not order her on Amazon Prime, nothing like that. We are... Uh, met on the very first day of class. It was HI 101. The teacher said, you might be sitting next to someone that you'll marry one day. And uh, there she was sitting right in front of me. So uh, God worked that out. And at that time, I had mostly black hair. And my wife and I, we looked about the same age since then. She has stayed the same age, 18, and I have progressed rapidly. So it's getting funny everywhere we go. People look at me sideways. I know what you're thinking. It's okay. That's all right. Uh, now you know the truth, uh, so we can get on with this. And uh, well, actually, if we could show that video first, I'd like the girls to sing after that, but um, just want to share our hearts with you how God called us to the Philippines this morning. I, I grew up in a Christian home, and I always wondered, how does a missionary know where God has called them to go and until God started working in my life? And that's what I want to share with you this morning. But if we could show the video, and then the girls will um, do their special. The Pearl of the Orient. Located in Southeast Asia, the Philippines is made up of over 7,000 islands. Being part of the Coral Triangle, the surrounding waters abound with fish and other marine products. The extensive coastlines and rainforests make it a home to a diverse range of animals and sea creatures. It is rich in natural resources the major agricultural products are rice, coconuts, tropical fruits, and vegetables. With almost 110 million people, the Philippines has one of the largest growing populations in all of Asia and the 13th largest population in the world. The majority of the population are under 30 years old. Although 150 dialects are spoken, Tagalog and English are the two major languages. While we were in the Philippines in 2014, we witnessed the festival of the Black Nazarene. Many walk barefoot as a form of penance, as an emulation of Christ's walk to Golgotha. They believe a cloth wiped on the statue of the Black Nazarene will give it healing powers. Nine million Filipinos journey to Manila to come to this festival. Some travel thousands of miles to try and get just a chance to touch the statue. They believe that if they touch the statue, whatever prayer they have will be answered. They also believe that if they do not come back every year, they will lose that blessing. This responsibility gets passed down generation after generation leaving the responsibility of the ritual to children and grandchildren. We are the Beemans. 
I grew up attending Parkview Baptist Church in Livonia, Michigan under the instruction of Pastor Steve Brown. I was saved at an old-fashioned tent meeting when I was nine years old and was baptized the Sunday after. I surrendered my life to God when I attended the Bill Rice Ranch as a teenager. Jen grew up attending First Baptist Church of Spring Valley in San Diego, California, where she was saved and baptized at 13. She began going on biannual mission trips to the Philippines in the eighth grade. We met at Pensacola Christian College, and after getting married, these mission trips to the Philippines continued together. As our family grew, our girls, Lucy, Alina, and Ellie, were right there alongside us. It was during our 2016 trip that a local Filipino pastor approached me and asked me to prayerfully consider becoming a full-time missionary to the Philippines. Our hearts already had a burden for the Filipino people through short-term missions, but now, after much prayer, God has finally called us and our three daughters as full-time missionaries to the Philippine Islands. Our vision is to plant churches in the 21,000 unreached villages, where the unreached population is over 5 million. Our goal is to disciple the next generation of young believers to be leaders in the church and encourage them into ministry. With 21% of the population living in poverty and 33% under 15 years old, we plan on including a children's ministry, feeding them spiritually and physically. Would you please pray for us as we follow God's calling to the Philippines?
Amen. song. Um, my, fa my favorite singing group right there taught them everything they know. Don't believe that. I did not. And uh, God gave them a gift and they love to sing for the Lord and we love them to uh, be used. You know, they're not just uh, spectators. It's not just mom and dad going to the Philippines and we're dragging our kids along with us. No, we, we go as a missionary family. Amen. And we, like, we, we look at them as kid missionaries and uh, because there's people yeah. that they're going to reach that we won't even be able to talk to maybe. Yeah. and so we're excited they're excited to go Amen. and uh, love that song love that song about uh, what love is this so just talking to my girls last night about this um, man where would we be without the love of God in our lives yes it's given us purpose meaning and uh, joy in this life we can have all of that and without the love of Jesus Christ man um, my, my girls, uh, sometimes they, uh, they get scared, you know, uh, little, little girls sometimes at night, you know, what's in the closet, new places all the time. And I always try to give them words of comfort. And I told them last night, I said, as much as daddy loves you, um, God loves you even more. Can you believe that? Someone loves you more than mommy and daddy does. And you don't have to worry. The Holy Spirit is within you. And uh, he's here. And he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but a, uh, a sound mind. That helps uh, to know yes. that God loves us wherever we're at, even though this is the first time we've ever been to Nebraska, uh, we feel right at home here. And uh, I'm thankful. We, were, we just came from a conference in Ohio, and I'm born and raised in Michigan. And uh, Ohio, we don't, we don't normally talk to those kind of people. And, uh, and uh, I was thinking Nebraska, we, we don't, we're kind of neutral with Nebraska, I think. So we're good here. And, uh, I've called so many churches in Ohio just because it's close to Michigan, but I got very few calls back. And uh, there was one pastor spiritual enough to call me back, and we enjoyed being with them. But I'm thankful we can have unity in Christ, and uh, whatever else is going on outside the world, we can come in here and uh, fellowship. And we have something in common. We want to get the gospel into all the world. And even though it's the first time I've met all of you, I feel right at home here. You guys have been so nice to us, encouraging. Thank you. And I want to talk to you about our, our calling, how, we, uh, how God showed us that we were to go to the Philippines. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 37. We'll be there mainly this morning. Turn to a couple other places, but it uh, won't be long. I normally don't go long. Usually my wife will give me a signal, something like this. Uh, I'm just kidding. She's more settled than that. <laughs> but uh, no, no. We uh, just want to share what's on my heart this morning. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier about my age, but I didn't actually say how old I was. I do that often. Okay, I'm 35, and uh, just to uh, satisfy your curiosity, so you don't have to think about it anymore. All right? Um, I think I got my first gray hair when I was like 12 years old or something like that. And uh, no, I live in a house with girls, and we even have a girl dog that we travel with, so it is what it is. But no, it's genetics. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's okay, though. Uh, the Philippines, I, my wife and I um, grew up in Christian homes. Um, my wife's family, she should tell you the story, her family came from the Philippines. Uh, they were all born there, and then her parents immigrated to the United States in the late 80s, and she was born actually in the States just after they arrived here. And so she is uh, uh, American by birth, and uh, she also 
as a Filipino citizen, so that's a blessing to us. So now she has her dual citizenship, and we can come and go in and out of the country. And God did all that because it's been kind of a lockdown place. Uh, but God opened that door. He knew that we would need that, so we're thankful for that. But uh, we feel like uh, we haven't taken the traditional path to the foreign mission field. Um, uh, just share my testimony with you. We're just uh, regular, normal people. Um, my, my, my dad works at a, a lumber yard. He's going to retire in a couple of years. My mom is a, I'm a housekeeper. And my wife's parents, they're not missionaries either. They don't have missionary grandparents, nothing like that. Um, uh, my my mother-in-law is a nurse practitioner. And my father-in-law uh, works in the federal prison as a correctional officer. And so we, we just don't have that background. We've not been in full-time ministry before. Uh, we've been involved in our local church. That's all we know, how to be good church members Amen. and uh, be used wherever God puts us. And so that's what we did. And uh, I uh, got saved when I was nine years old. And I'll never forget that day I realized that I was lost. And uh, maybe there's someone here that doesn't know the Lord is your Savior. I, I pray. I pray that you would uh, call on him today. Uh, there's nothing Amen. better than that. That's there's right. nothing better than the Christian life. There really Amen. isn't. And uh, this world kind of pulls on us sometimes. It, uh, it shows us things. Well, you could have this kind of life if you live this way, if you had this career, if you went here or there. Uh, but there's nothing better than being a Christian. That's right. You'll not find Amen. peace or contentment anywhere else. Amen. And uh, so we, we grew up uh, in Christian homes. We started teaching Sunday school. Uh, after we got married, we met at Pensacola Christian College in 2005. I studied computer science and software engineering. Uh, my wife uh, went to school for nursing there. Uh, after she graduated in 2009, we got married. Uh, we both graduated in 09, and then she went on, uh, got her master's degree, uh, became a uh, board-certified nurse practitioner specializing in nephrology. So if you don't know what that is, if anyone has any questions about you know, your kidney health after church, please talk to my wife. She'll give you a free consultation, and she's helped a lot of people, actually. It's funny, but... Um, if you have problems, seriously, talk to my wife about that. Uh, but we are, uh, so th th that was us. Uh, we knew we wanted to be involved in our local church. We wanted to be used. We wanted to give the missions. We wanted to go on missions trips. And I surrendered my life to the Lord uh, when I was 14 years old. I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do that. But I don't know what that is. God, if you want me to go to the mission field, I don't know. I didn't even know where the Philippines was at that time, I don't think. My geography wasn't very good. But I wanted to be used. I really did. And, but we got in the secular workforce. And uh, after I graduated, I started working at Dell Technologies. And uh, career started going really well. And, uh, you know, we were involved in church. But at the same time, we had this, this pull from the world. Um, you know, you could have all these things. We didn't grow up in rich homes. My wife, when she immigrated to the United States, when her family came, uh, they didn't have money. They lived in someone's basement, and they grew up on food stamps and all these, what people would give them. And so she, she wanted, you know, kind of the American dream, and I wanted that too. I didn't grow up in a rich home, nothing like that. And we talked about that in Sunday school this morning, really enjoyed that lesson. Um, but that we, we wanted that. Uh, we still wanted to be used, we wanted to be good Christians, but at the same time, we still wanted all this good stuff, all these good uh, material things. I, I liked, uh, heard a verse this, more, this morning in Sunday School, Luke 12, 15. Uh, Jesus talks about that a man's life consisted, consisted not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. Uh, but 
if we're not careful, even as Christians, we can fall into this trap. Yes, I think true. in our country, the devil uses that more than anything else yes, to keep a Christian uh, just comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, still coming to church, and we were going to church. We were doing all those things. Got involved in Rock of Ages prison ministry, and we were going to that uh, nursing home ministry. Um, but you know what? At the same time, we had these desires, and the desires were to get more things. Well, we needed that, that next house. And my wife's career, her, her career kind of took off as well. She started to become very well respected as a nurse practitioner in Michigan amongst our colleagues and the doctors there. And we both got into senior level positions before we turned 30 years old. And you know what? That American dream, we started to, we started to get that. Um, God, I don't know why God allowed all of that uh, at the time, but I kind of do now. Uh, we started to get things. We got into our first starter house, as so many do, and that was good. We had Lucy, our oldest daughter, and the house started feeling a little bit small. And so we went out and got a nice custom house built, and it was really nice. And uh, then we started rubbing shoulders with uh, my wife's colleagues, and we went to the the galas, the big banquets and stuff with all the doctors, and you know, we went to their houses and they were all bigger than ours. <laughs> thought, well, maybe we just, maybe just one more house. And you know, that's the American dream, right? To yeah. get the house that you want. Yeah. And we, we spotted a house on a lake in Michigan, you know, with the Great Lakes. We have all kinds of lakes, and that's the dream house in Michigan. We got on to a nice lake, private lake, and a 5,600 square foot house, seven bedrooms, five bathrooms. It was a huge house, and it was way more than we needed. And we thought, wow, we'll be happy now. We have contentment now, but contentment, it never came. Yeah. The peace that we were looking for, it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't satisfy. Our desires can take us to all kinds of things. We're going to talk about desires this morning a little bit. Mm -hmm. I heard someone talk about um, desires, and I, I like the definition. Desires occupy the place of command and control inside my heart. You know, we will go where our heart goes. And uh, I, I like this illustration. Um, when I was in uh, college at PCC, they're right there on the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, they have a, an area there where you can ride uh, a catamaran. Catamaran is kind of like a, uh, a sailboat, doesn't have a motor or anything like that. And we'd go out there, they give us a little crash course and how to, uh, there's a jib in the front and you got the ropes and you got the rudder and the wind goes this way. You let the sail out. If it goes this way, you let the sail out this way. And we got out there. We thought we were pretty good. Uh, but every once in a while, we would run into a contrary wind. And the wind would start going in a direction that we didn't want it to go. And you know what? We were kind of at the mercy of the wind. And then there were other times we'd be way out there, and the wind was going really good. And then the wind would stop blowing. And we were out there right in the middle uh, of the water on the Gulf of Mexico. And we weren't going anywhere. Mm. I realized really quickly we're subject to that wind. That wind controls exactly where we go. Mm -hmm. And that's what our desires are in life. They're like that wind. Yeah. And wherever yeah. it blows, that's where our heart will follow. It's good. Where are your desires at this morning? Mm -hmm. I'll talk to you about kind of where Tom and Jen beam and where our desires were, where the wind was pushing us. And, and then God started to, to show us another desire that we should have. My challenge for you this morning, and I, I want to share this passage with you, uh, are your desires being ordered by God? Are they being ordered by God? Um, we're, not, uh, we're not special people in any way. We're just regular people, ordinary people that just sat in the pew um, trying to be involved in church, and 
saw many missionaries come through and thought, you know what, that's good for those missionaries, but we're good right here, right where we're at. Our desires were here. Living the good life, uh, living this kind of comfortable, risk-free Christian life right here in America, and you can do that very easily. It doesn't take a lot of effort. You can, be, you can have great comfort here. Yes. And uh, we have a, a prosperous nation. We don't have to apologize for that. Uh, God has given us so many good things, but you know what? It comes with great responsibility. Yes. God has something that he wants us to do with that. Yes. There's people lost and dying around the world. Yep. We'll go to those people. Amen. Uh, we need to have a desire for the lost. Uh, in Psalm 37, uh, we're going to read through this passage here, but let's pray uh, before we get into this. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for this church, these faithful people coming here uh, this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just use uh, this message this morning. God, use your word to change lives. God, I pray that if there's someone here that doesn't know you, God, that they would uh, understand how much you love them. God, and they would get saved today. I pray that you would encourage the, the believer, Lord, encourage us all uh, to have our desires ordered by you. Uh, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, God has a specific desire for your life. And the Beeman family, as we got out of college, uh, wanted to be involved in church. But our desires were taking us, uh, even though we didn't fully realize it, uh, to, to a successful life that the world would look at us and say, wow, look at the Beeman family. They're doing so good. And some of my colleagues, uh, once we started to uh, kind of move up the ranks of that corporate ladder of success. They, they said, Tom, wow, your house is so nice. I mean, these are people in the world. They said, Tom, you're, you're so successful. And yet I desired to have more and more and more. Until God started to show us something else. In uh, 2011, uh, my wife and I, we went on a mission trip. First mission trip together uh, to the Philippines. I was born and raised in Michigan, so uh, I'm a true Michigander. That's what we call ourselves, okay? Uh, Michigan is made up of two peninsulas. There's the upper peninsula, the UP, and then the lower peninsula, which is the, the mitten, okay? And if you're from Michigan, you, you show everyone the glove. This is where I was from. And uh, if you live underneath the, the Mackinac Bridge, you are a troll. And if you live in the upper peninsula, you're a youper. Okay, so I am a troll, and uh, for us, traveling uh, was going up and down the mitten. That's as far as I would go, and we were very happy with that. And my wife challenged me, hey, let's, let's go to the Philippines. Um, so my family is there. We'll just go on a missions trip. We'll take the whole family. So I said, okay, all right, let's go. And we went to the Philippines, and I felt like I was Christopher Columbus going over, the, <laughs> discovering the new world, going to find something here and bring it back. Um, but... I, I was so excited about that first trip, and my eyes were just open. Amen. If you've never been on a missions trip before, I encourage you. It will change your life. Yes. Yeah. Uh, after that first trip, I never looked at missionaries the same way again. Mm. Um, I had a, a compassion uh, for them and what they were doing. Uh, but I, uh, we got there, and the city of Manila is a mega city, over 20 million people. Yeah. And uh, just in that city alone, there's over 1 million homeless children. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. I thought, man, all these kids running around, surely their parents are somewhere. They have a house. No, they don't. They live on the street. Uh, many of them will sell uh, little things. They'll sell flowers or uh, whatever, donuts, whatever they can get their hands on just to get food for the day. If you ask someone in the Philippines, 
Uh, if you ask a young person, what do you want to be when you're older, they don't understand that question. They're just trying to live for the next day. They ju they're just hungry today. What do you mean in the future? I just want to live. I just need to survive. Yeah. And uh, God just broke our hearts uh, for these people. And the Philippines is a place where there's just an open door to the gospel. Um, you saw in the video there, that was in 2018, uh, we're able to get into public schools. I've never seen anything like it. We went to this school uh, way in the uh, kind of a, a rural area, uh, but over a thousand students in this high school, and the principal told us, you have one hour, you can say whatever you want, whatever you want. And we pulled up there. I, I felt like I was a movie star or something. Uh, they're all coming around the, mi the minivan with our team of people, and I just want to hear what the Americans have to say. And I just couldn't believe it. And we, we got up there, and the team sang, and um, they gave the message. And you could almost hear a pin drop. A thousand students. Yeah. And the gospel given clearly. I thought, man, I can't believe this. I can't believe uh, there's a place in the world that is so open to the gospel. But you know what? I thought, man, I'm glad there's missionaries going here. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that there's missionaries here, but I'm good back in the United States. I want my comfort. I mean, it's nice here, but it's a little hot, and um, I, I'm more comfortable back in the States where I can have all the things that make me feel good. And I don't want to be put out of my comfort zone. Uh, if I step out of my career right now, I know what the missionary life is like, and these were perceptions of missionaries that I had in my mind. I thought, uh, if you become a missionary, uh, you're going to live this poor, destitute life, and you're never going to have fun anymore, and you're going to go to some country where you have to roll in the mud and eat worms or something. Uh, that's what a missionary is, right? And uh, you see them come up in their cars all broken down. It's like, man, that doesn't look very attractive. Uh, but I can tell you from personal experience, it's not like that at yeah. all. It's an honor. It's a privilege to do what God has called us to Amen. do. There's nothing I'd rather do. We had uh, success. We had the American dream. And I can tell you there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing there. There's nothing that That's will good. fulfill you. Nothing that will uh, uh, make you happy. Nothing that will give you joy. Uh, if anything like that comes, it's just temporary. And we'll read in the passage here. Uh, but I, I felt pity on missionaries. But honestly, don't feel pity on missionaries. You don't need to. Yeah. Uh, you know who we serve? God. Amen. Uh, there's no one richer uh, than God. No one can provide better than God. And we found immediately after we stepped out and uh, we left our jobs and we left our house, we found that God is so good and he provided every single need that we've ever had. Amen. And the joy that we were looking for, the contentment, we found it all there. Uh, going from that 5,600 square foot house to driving around in a minivan with our German shepherd. And we found <laughs> peace and contentment. We found joy. Our marriage has never been better. Uh, the kids, the relationship, and God did that. Um, and don't believe the devil. Don't believe that you need something else that the world can give you. You don't need it. There's nothing there. And, uh, but, but that's a desire. That's a desire that all of uh, us as Christians, we can even fall into. Uh, but I want to challenge you this morning from this passage. We'll start reading here. Uh, let God order your desires. And this is the thing that God started to do to us after that first missions trip. Let's read down in verse number one. The Bible says, uh, Psalm 37, verse number one, it says, Fret not, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and, ver and verily thou shalt be fed. 
Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. There's a promise in this, in this chapter here. We'll, we'll just go through the first four verses today. Uh, that God will give you the desires of your heart. God has a desire for you. Yes. God put you on this earth for a reason. Yes. And it wasn't just to, to sit back and be comfortable and have all the things that you want. He has something that he wants you to do. Yes. He has something that he, he has someone that he wants you to reach. And it's for his glory. And for many of you, it might be to just stay right here and be faithful in this local church. I believe with all my heart, we all need to be surrendered to go wherever God would ask Amen. us to go. Maybe it is to the foreign mission field. But we need to be surrendered to go. But many are going to be called just to stay yes. right here. Surrendered to go, called to stay. Yes. And uh, whatever God wants you to do, uh, do that. But let's make sure that our desires are ordered by the Lord. And you know what God can show you? Uh, some, I get asked this a lot. Um, how did you know that God called you and your family to go to the Philippines? Well, I can tell you uh, in four words uh, how God told us. Um, uh, we are... In four words, God changed our desires. Very, very succinctly, God changed our desires. We did not see a burning bush. Um, there was no writing on the wall. We didn't hear a voice from God. It was nothing like that. And uh, I can tell you, when we were thinking about going to the Philippines, I could have used a burning bush. That would have been nice to hear God talk audibly. But we have something even better. We have the Word of God. Amen. And we have the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Yes, God speaks through His Word. Right. And we have a passage here uh, that God will order your desires. He will give you the exact desires that He wants you to have. So God's desire for your life becomes your desire. Amen. And it's a beautiful Praise thing. It really yes. is. And that's what happened to us. Our desires were going off in the wrong direction. That wind was carrying the Beeman family uh, somewhere that God didn't want us to go. And God brought us back to His desire and got us going on the track that he wanted us to go on. Uh, verse number one, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Here's the, here's the things we had to, to learn here. Uh, once we get down to verse number four, I'll explain. Uh, number one, don't envy the world. Uh, verse number one says this, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Uh, I was saved when I was nine years old, but honestly, living in the houses that we did, I did kind of envy the world. I looked at them and I thought, wow, it seems like they get things so easily. We look at athletes, we look at other celebrities, uh, their lives look so good. And there's something there uh, seemingly to envy. But the Bible says, uh, don't do that. Number one, don't envy the world. Look at verse number two. It tells us why we shouldn't envy the world. And we had to get a hold of this. The Bible says there, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Uh, don't envy the world because they're just like the grass. I don't know about any of you, but back in Michigan, we have lots of grass. And I learned how to cut grass at a very young age. I worked on a golf course, and I would cut the fairways, and I would cut the rough, and I'd cut the greens. And there's something funny about grass. After you cut it, it, it looks good for a little bit, but then it grows up, and you have to cut it down. It's life is very temporary. It's short. And the world, they live for today. They live for temporal things. And if we're not careful as Christians, we can fall into that same trap. Right. Living this life, occupying all of our time by things that are just temporal, there's no eternal value. And that's what kind of happened to the Beeman family. We lived for the temporal things. Those were very important to us. Hmm. Uh, but it's like the grass. It's cut down and then it's gone. The world, if they don't receive Christ, if the lost doesn't receive Christ, all those things that they have, they'll be cut down 
and they'll die and they'll spend eternity in hell. That's nothing to envy. It's like the grass. It grows up for a little bit, then it's cut down. Don't envy the world. There's nothing there. It's good. It's all shallow. It's vain. It's vanity. Um, don't envy the world. Rather, verse number three, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Rather than envying the world, try trusting in God instead. Amen. Trust in the Lord. And I, I told you my perception of missionaries wasn't good. I thought... Oh, is God really going to take care of us? These paychecks are coming in every two weeks. My wife gets her profit sharing and uh, things are looking so good for us. Can I really trust in God if we step out and we travel around in our minivan on deputation? Is God really going to take care of us? Maybe we're, gonna, we're not going to be fed. Look what the verse says here. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land. And verily, and verily, thou shalt be fed. Amen. Uh, you know what? We're fed. And we get fed so much, it, it's really not a problem at all. Uh, I have to try not to be fed when we go to churches. Um, but God provides every need that we have. Amen. We just don't have to worry about that. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, the bird, how it, it, it gets food and it doesn't even think about it. God provides that for them. How much more will God provide for his own children? God Good. loves us. And God has provided all of our needs. And so we had to get to that point. Lord, we don't envy the world anymore. What they have, uh, we don't want that. Uh, we want what you want. And then we, we're just going to have to trust in you. And here's what happened. After that 2011 trip, um, my wife and I, we kept going on uh, those missions trips to the Philippines every two years. And slowly, God started to give us a new desire. Mm -hmm. God started to order our desire. And God will yes. do that same thing for you. Yes. But first, you're going to have to recognize what the world has. I don't want it. I don't need it. I'm going to trust in the Lord instead. I'm going to trust in the Lord. And... Um, then we get down to verse number four, and then we'll, we'll be done with this verse here. The Bible says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Look at, the, look at the last part of that verse. What a promise we have from God. And Amen. he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Yes. And we start asking God, do you desire for us to go to the Philippines? We, we have all these other desires. God, we want your desire for our life. Will you show us? And God started to show us. Uh, that's the promise in the verse. But th this is an interesting verse here in Psalm 37, 4. It's a conditional promise. There's two types of promises in the Bible. Uh, there are unconditional promises, and then there are conditional promises. I'm going to talk about just one unconditional promise so you can see the difference here. One of the first promises from God to man in the Bible uh, was from God to Noah, and it was in Genesis 9-11. The Bible says, And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a, a flood to destroy the earth. So God promised Noah, Noah, I'm not going to flood the earth again. And if you, if you listen to that verse, there's no condition on that promise. God didn't say, Noah, you're going to have to live this way, and then I won't flood the earth again. You're just going to have to make me happy, and then I won't. No. God said, all the, all the uh, responsibility for this promise is on me. It's unconditional. Yes. You don't have to do anything, Noah. I'm not going to flood the earth again. And he even gave us a rainbow as a symbol of that promise. Then there are times in the Bible when God would give us a conditional promise. He puts something on the promise that we have to do. Uh, and that's what we have here in Psalm 37.4. Uh, there's responsibility on us. God will give the promise, but we must meet the condition. So uh, let's look at the condition of the promise here in Psalm 37, 4. The first part of the verse, it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. Okay, so there, there's the condition that has to be met. Look at three things quickly, and then we'll be done. Three things. What does it mean to delight ourselves 
in the Lord. Delight thyself in the Lord. Um, number one, I think that to delight ourselves in the Lord, to meet the condition of Psalm 37.4, we must evaluate our relationship with God. How are things between you and, the, and God? Uh, if you've never been saved this morning, if you don't know Jesus is your personal Savior, uh, that is step number one. Um, none of the rest of this yes. is going to make sense if you don't first have that relationship with God. That's what That's God right. wants with you, with all of us. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 139.23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Evaluate your relationship. After that first missions trip, my wife and I, we were at the... We're on a little island, the island of Caron, a very small island in, um, in the South China Sea there. And we saw all that God did, and we saw the great need. And my wife, uh, being spiritual, more spiritual than me at the time, said, uh, man, if God wanted us to go here, Tom, can we go here? Oh, man, why did she have to, why did she have to say that? Um, and we thought about it, and we said, man, Lord, if you want us to go here, we'll go. But is that your desire for our life? Lord, how do we know for sure? And we have this verse here, delight thyself in the Lord. Make sure your relationship with God is where it should be. After that trip, uh, God started to show me some things in my life that weren't right, some things that I had to, to fix. And it was kind of a painful process, I'll be honest with you. But God revealed some things to me, some things that I needed to make right. I said, search me, O oh God, and God showed me. And after that... After that trip, we started going every two years uh, to the Philippines. We went to Germany a couple times. Even between that, uh, God was starting to change our desires. Um, secondly, to delight yourself in the Lord, I think you're just going to need to be willing to do whatever God would ask you to do. You say, if, if God gave me the desire uh, to go to the foreign mission field, to, to Australia, to Japan, wherever that would be, God, I would go. You have to be willing to say, Lord, whatever you would desire for me, I will do. And after that trip, we said, Lord, we're willing to go. But... I'll be honest, we weren't sure. We weren't sure. Uh, we didn't hear a voice. We didn't put out a fleece, and it wasn't wet in the morning. There was nothing like that. But God started to change our desire. Amen. Changed it. And it, it took time. Uh, it took about 10 years for us. And God slowly started to show us all this stuff that you've accumulated, uh, this life that you have built up, uh, it's not all that you thought it would be. And God had to bring us to that point where we, we looked around, had our house, nice view of the lake, uh, a uh, nice big um, great room there with uh, windows to the ceiling. And I was like, man, this, this is, there, there's no peace. There's no contentment here. Uh, we have what the world says uh, should make you happy, but it, it hasn't. God gave us a new desire. In 2019, we surrendered to go to the Philippines, and we looked around, and all that stuff didn't look important to us anymore. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the story tonight about how um, we, we got out of our house, but... Uh, God did all of that, and, um, uh, but we just waited. We started to wait. In 2016, a national pastor came to me and said, Tom, why don't you pray about coming to the Philippines full-time as a missionary? I thought, man, why did he have to say that? We already come every two years. It's very expensive, uh, but we just waited on the Lord. I said, yes, we'll pray about it. And after that trip, we, we waited and we prayed. Lastly, to delight yourself in the Lord, sometimes you're just going to have to wait on the Lord. Um, Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Sometimes you're just going to have to wait. Maybe you'd say, Brother Tom, I, I think I am delighting in the Lord. My relationship with God is right. Uh, I think I am willing to do whatever God would ask me to do, but I'm not sure. Just wait on the Lord. We waited, and God grew that desire. He strengthened our heart, and we knew for sure, yes, yes, Lord, this is what you want us to do. We surrendered to go, and we don't regret it. No regrets. 
uh, serving the Lord. Uh, it's a great life, and we're excited about the Philippines. Uh, I'll tell you one last thing, and we'll pray, and Pastor will come. Um, when we were in the Philippines in 20, uh, 2011, uh, my wife's grandmother was alive at the time, told us a story about in World War II uh, when uh, the Japanese came into the country and they invaded and they kicked everyone out of their houses. She told us the story when she was a little girl, how the Japanese soldiers came and said, this is now our house. It belongs to the, uh, the Empire of Japan. And they were out on the streets. And she told us of the many terrible things that happened. Uh, but after the war, the Americans came and they were able to get their house back. And uh, shortly after that, they got another knock at the door. This time it was an American missionary who had come all the way with a burden for the Filipino people. And the whole family got saved. And now Amen. all these years later, her, grand, her granddaughter is going back to the Philippines as an American missionary. Uh, only God can do that. Amen. Uh, we're just happy to be doing what God has called us to do. And I pray that uh, God would order your desires. Make sure you're delighting in the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for being so good to us, Father. I pray that um, you would use uh, your word, Lord, to change our hearts. And I pray that if there's someone here that doesn't know you.